Well, well, welcome back, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. So this is part two of eight of our self-imposed sentence of watching every <laughs> vampire movie that came out in 1979. I told Kate about that. Well, we were talking, we were talking for Feast, Sheath, and Chatter. And she's like, what are you guys doing over on the Strange and Beautiful Book Club? And I was like, well, we are celebrating our anniversary by watching every vampire movie that came out in 1979. And she goes, wow, that is so specific <laughs> it is very specific can you, you elaborate on that rachel <laughs> well it's because of, this is a movie this is a year where eight vampire movies came out how can we not cover all those i don't know i thought well that'd be fun let's do every vampire movie that came out in 1979 <laughs> like here we are okay <laughs> We're doing it. We're doing it. I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, you know, maybe our podcast lacks focus. And I was like, no, it's focused. It's our focus. It's wherever I'm focusing at the moment. Um, no, I think we're staying true to our our goal of sharing media that other people might not be aware of, but that they shouldn't miss. Yeah. Yeah. And so what better to do that than to be like, hey, let's watch every vampire movie from 1979. And to that end, today we watched Love at First Bite, released, of course, in 1979, starring George Hamilton as the titular Dracula character. Count Dracula. George Hamilton. And yes, I was reading up on the trivia, and you are correct. This was inspired by young Frankenstein. Ah, yes. Yeah. I mentioned that it seemed like at any moment there would be a cameo from Gene Wilder's oh, Dr. Frankenstein. Okay, so a note on this movie, which I think is really interesting. Sometimes you watch a really current movie, like a current movie, a movie that is really of its time. Think like... This is the end where all of those characters are, they are a joke in that they are in there. Like Michael Sarah. Right. It's a joke, a parody of the snapshot of themselves. Yeah. Like in the zeitgeist at that time. Right. And there's references to like the Pineapple Express, all kinds of movies and music and actors and television shows and properties are all rolled into this movie. Now imagine you watch this movie 30 years from now and you have no fucking idea who any of these people are. The fundamental joke that these actors are playing themselves is now gone. Right. You don't know that. You don't know that that's Michael Sarah. That could be a character named Michael Sarah. That could be... Right, and that he's he has a reputation for being timid. Yeah. Right, but in this he's the opposite, right? Right, you don't get that joke because you don't know that that's what, that's what that is. This movie is a movie that is extremely of its time. There's Almost, references everywhere. This thing is chock-a-block full. Every single moment in this is a joke referencing something else that someone with 1979 eyes would have gotten and i got probably about one every two or three scenes yeah i think we probably got somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25 percent of the jokes sometimes i just knew they were jokes and i yes. knew they were a reference but i had no clue what they might be a reference to and to me i think ultimately it makes this movie better funnier 
because I'm not so bogged down in like, oh, that scene is a reference to this movie and that actor is a cameo from this thing, which to my brain would have occupied every single moment of my thoughts. Oh, that's that guy from that thing he played in this movie. And you wouldn't oh. have had any bandwidth to actually enjoy the movie. Right. I couldn't have just sat and enjoyed the what is actually a very funny movie. Matt laughed out loud multiple times while we were watching the it. The comedic delivery and timing is really good. This is George Hamilton's comedic debut. He had never been in anything comedic before. He'd just been fucking George Hamilton for so long. And then he was like, well, yeah, I think I could be funny Dracula. And yeah, he pulls it off. But you can see how you go see this movie in theaters and then you try to go see the 1979 Dracula. It ain't going to hit the same. You're going to be like... <laughs> Oh, no. There's that whole part at the beginning where he's like, I'm old and lonely and sad. <laughs> uh, you're like, oh, my God, that totally torpedoes the entire, just the entire mood of 1979's Dracula because it's so serious. It's right. super it's serious. Okay. And There's then, one person in this movie playing it serious, and it is George Hamilton and, as Dracula. <laughs> fucking kills um. <laughs> it he fucking kills it and but you can see how that character uh would be like a death knell for the 1979 dracula character oh yeah any other vampire movie made this year that wanted to be taken semi-seriously uh-uh ain't this gonna happen would, this was gonna undermine it and this is one of three quote disco vampire movies released in 1979 you see them the gold mine that we're sitting on here why we are watching all of these movies um yeah uh, i don't know I, we start off almost immediately with just we start off with Dracula in his castle, and he's kind of pontificating about how lonely he is by playing music. And there's all these dogs, and like howling. <laughs> <laughs> Which think about how thematically important howling was in the 1979 Dracula. And then here's a joke already about it because he's like, "Children of the night, shut up!" Because he's trying to play music. And then he calls in Renfield, which this guy kills Renfield. He's brilliant as this. And his name is Art Johnson. And there's actually a joke later on where somebody's like, haven't I seen that guy on Fantasy Island? Or you look like you would have been on Fantasy Island. Uh, it, but he was in four episodes of Fantasy Island. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was in four episodes of Fantasy Island. But he's also wearing like a, a an over-the-top suit. <laughs> so it could be both, but still at the same time, you're like, what? Oh, oh this is a reference. Oh, I've, okay. I've bought an American suit to so I can look <laughs> God. <laughs> and it's this like blue and white striped yeah. blazer and I don't know what color yeah, pants he was wearing. It's but. a lot. And then, but Dracula gets kicked out of his castle. He gets uh, like nationalized his castle gets nationalized <laughs> yes. and so it gets taken over by the government and he has to leave and he's like what does she say take your aristocratic shit and leave because he's like um slaves slaves cleared this land for me and i fought armies on this property which i'm pretty sure by romanian law makes it mine and she's like yeah i don't fucking care you gotta leave so he jets it over to new york where he gets he gets to travel in his coffin. And so this is the first, like, ooh, funny switcheroo gag, which these are, I mean, there aren't any, like, really pushing the boat out gags, but all of them are super well done. This is the, like, the baggage right. swap. Yeah, it's not, it's not, like, outrageous situations. Yeah. It's just really well-delivered jokes. Yeah, and he's going to New York because at first... When he's first talking to Renfield, Renfield hands him a bunch of porn. He hands him a bunch of Playboys. And because he's, like, he's so lonely. He's like, here's some women in the all together to help you feel less lonely. And he's like, oh, pornography. That's what he calls it. And then he throws it in the fire. And he's like, oh, here's your Where's fashion. Where's my fashion magazine? Here's my fashion magazine, <laughs> And he sir. reaches behind his back. He's like, oh, I can't hide anything from you. And it's because Cindy Sondheim is on the cover. And... He's uh he's got a mad crush on Cindy because he's pretty sure they've met they've met in a prior life and 
He just needs to, once he meets her, they'll fall in love again. He just needs to go to New York and meet her. And luckily, he gets to leave his castle because it got nationalized. But there's like a, a mob outside waiting for him when he leaves his castle. And he just walks out because he's like, no, no, I'm Dracula. This is going to be fine. And one of them tries to attack him and he like spits mist at them. <laughs> yeah, he spews smoke <laughs> at them jets mist at from them. his mouth. And then he like climbs up on the side of the the side of the carriage and as they're riding away like the coffin is strapped to the back of the carriage <laughs> like okay it's pretty funny that seems pretty funny but then of course they get body swapped because coffin gets swapped with an actual body right there's two coffins and so then we cut to and they get swapped in the baggage claim yes but they cut to this we're not going to cover absolutely everything that happens in this movie you should just go watch it because of course there's like 50 gags between getting dracula from the airport to the funeral that he accidentally attends by being mistaken for the other guy who's actually dead and this is hysterical this i don't know how i feel about this because as you're not sure how appropriate yeah, the scene is watching it in 2023. Right. I mean, I th- it's still funny. And the running gag for every person of color that pops up in this movie is, haven't you seen Roots? Which came out two years before. <laughs> and was a phenomenon, like a cultural shift yes. phenomenon. Yes. So, of course, they're referencing it. But I have, even in the funeral, the guy's like, man, we've all seen Roots. And you're like... Oh no, this is where this is gonna go. I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. <laughs> this is really funny. We just go with it. Just go with it. Here's a, here's a hot take on this movie. Don't think too deeply about it. I'm surprised Lamar Burton did not make a cameo. Maybe they couldn't afford him. That's very possible. Yeah. Okay. So don't think too deeply Le- about Burton. this movie because I got his name wrong. Plenty of the running gags are are really hard for 2023 sensibilities. They're still funny, but you're like, I should not be laughing at this. We, we put on our context lenses and our context headphones. Yes. And then second, the running plot line of her not boyfriend, her like side piece, who only thinks he loves her now because somebody else is with her and she's in love with the new guy. And he won't let her go. And ha ha, isn't it funny? He keeps trying to kidnap her and kill her current boyfriend because he's so jealous. And he's very much like this postmodern parody of the enlightened man. Yeah, but don't think too deeply about that. This isn't a movie you think about. You just sit back and you experience this movie, okay? And you, you'll you have a good time and it's okay. Because, of course, he sits up in the funeral and everybody bolts out. And then he's walking down the street. And actually this scene where he confronts some young thugs, some young individuals up to no good. Who are hanging out on the street. Trying to pick a fight with him. This is a reference to a scene from Blackula. Actually, Run Blackula Run, I think. Which we will maybe one day cover. This is a reference to Blackula? Yes. Okay. Because Blackula confronts some of the same type of individuals on the street. And of course, he runs them all off after they, hey, haven't you seen Roots? <laughs> we make the joke again. And then they all run off, except one, and he ends up pulling him back and throwing him through the window. And the guy just gets out of the window, grabs a TV, and he's like, you're the reason this neighborhood's going downhill. people like you. And then he runs off with it, which this is a recurring character. We're going to see this guy again. But then he ends up finding his way to the hotel, and Renfield's waiting for him. So he, like, smacks Renfield around a couple of times. Because Renfield didn't notice. Yeah. He didn't check the baggage claim slip. Yeah, he's like, no, this is an actual dead guy. And so he's like, get this taken out. How, how did that call go? <laughs> right? He says, I'll have this taken. I'll have them take uh, care of this immediately. It's not that kind of movie. Don't even ask. Sure. He just called the bellboy. He paid him enough money and they got they made it disappear. So a lot of other stuff happens. The main theme here is that he's trying to meet this Cindy 
And I really actually like their plot line a lot because he seems to genuinely care for her. Right. He's he's called to her. Uh, he says he has loved her soul yeah. in previous lives. Yeah. And and he knows that it's her. And yeah. he and he's going to her to consummate their love once again. Yeah. So through some shenanigans. Renfield intimidates her press so, agent. No, sorry, I was. I almost had it like the movie that this movie reminds me of, and I couldn't, I couldn't keep it. But through some shenanigans, he figures out where she goes and hangs out every night, and he goes and actually sees her at a photo shoot first, and he turns himself into a dog to try to get to her, and so they arrest the dog, or they like capture the dog and send it to the ASPCA, the animal. What is ASPCA? The American stuff? Society for the Protection of Something Animals. Yeah, sure that. Protection and something yeah. of animals. And he ends up having to pay $5 to get a dog license to get himself out. <laughs> <laughs> which which he plays completely straight. Yeah, he's and, like, Ugh. <laughs> But I can't imagine how that would have worked. We were utterly distracted by his arms. Because it looks like he oh, yes. shaved when the top half of his arm. He's in arms. the tank top and yeah. above his elbows, it's just uniform color and super smooth. So it's yeah. like he shaved and has foundation on every part of his body. <laughs> All of the visible skin. Because Renfield is rubbing his shoulders and his like his shoulder crease is really strange i was like what is wrong with his shoulders i don't know i don't know maybe george hamilton was literally plastic in parts i don't know that's kind of what it looks <laughs> like possible <laughs> but he finds the nightclub that she hangs out at and this is kind of a controversial scene because they lost the rights to this i love the nightlife song and we happen to have the blu-ray release where they restored the original music so it plays um the music that would have played in the theater when this was released, but mm -hmm. they lost the rights to that song. So they had to change it. And the music that they changed it to has a completely different feel and it's not disco. So we don't get a disco vampire, but he ends up like having a romantic dance with her. First, she's on the phone and taking oh, pills. So that whole dance sequence was supposed to be a different song. It's the song that we listen to. The song that we listened was to was correct. Release. Was a okay. theatrical release. Okay. Yeah. But if you watch another version, it will have a different song. Okay. Yeah. It's actually not streaming anywhere right now that I could find, which is why we have the copy that we have. But um, even when it was streamed, it was streamed with the different song. And you can probably find, I forget exactly what the different song is, but it does. It feels completely different. It makes it more straight, like they're actually having a romantic dance mm. and not like Dracula is trying to make this disco boogie song into a romantic moment. Yes, it felt like I am doing a waltz to disco. Yes. Yeah, you yes. lose that with the other version. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, first when he approaches her at the table, she's on the phone. But she's not on like a cell phone. God, that doesn't exist. She's just on the landline at this table taking pills. She, that's she's a, just popping pills. That's this whole another movie. thing you can't think too deeply about is uh, her obvious substance abuse problems. No, just don't, don't. Don't. I think it's supposed to be she's not coping. Right. I think she's not coping with life. Her psychiatrist slash side piece instead of actually treating her yeah is just giving pills to cover up the symptoms right so she takes a couple of pills and then he ends up hanging the phone up telekinetically and then he he gets he's her always out. throwing phones around right and then she's like well you can i guess you can sit with me because he says i'm i'm an admirer and she goes okay so are you a waiter are you like are you a magician because he's got the suit on which one of the jokes was, how would you like to spend eternity looking like the head waiter? He's like, just once I want to go out to dinner in a turtleneck and a sports coat. <laughs> you can wear different clothes, Dracula. <laughs> no, those are actually his skin. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that's why it transforms with him. Yeah, no matter what he puts on, it turns into that suit. Anyway, they have a really cute little conversation and they dance. And then she's like, you want to come back to my place? 
She's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, well, it's done. And so they go back to her place and it's trashed. It's really dirty. And she goes, yeah, I hate housework. It killed my mother. That's probably the best line <laughs> of the whole movie. No, no, it's not. We're going to get to the best okay, line. Okay. The one that we. One of the best lines. It's, one, it's good. It's up yeah. there. It's top 10. Let's just say that. It's top 10. He says, well, he makes some crack about it. It doesn't really matter because immediately we go to like. A sex scene. And she's like, oh, just so you know, I'm not on the pill. Oh, she tries to get him to drink champagne and she has weed. And he's like, I do. She goes, he's the, I, got- I don't drink vine. Yeah. And, and she- I don't smoke shit. <laughs> God, what is this movie? It was so funny. <laughs> and so then he starts, they're on the bed and he's just biting her neck. And he, she thinks like, this is just foreplay, yeah. whatever. But- it's not. It's not. <laughs> and then we cut to her with Rosenberg, her shrink, who's actually Jeremy a Van Helsing. <laughs> <laughs> I think most everybody calls him Rosenberg. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff Rosenberg. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. And she's seeing a therapist because of her promiscuity, which she has attributed to low blood sugar. Uh, she had a... Her time of the month? Yeah, her cycle, different parts of her cycle, and that the CIA was watching her <laughs> vagina. And he's like, we called the CIA, and they'd never heard of you. <laughs> but apparently she sees him for therapy and also occasional sex to relieve anxiety. And he's like, listen to me. I, I want what's best for you. I almost love you. <laughs> The joke of how he has fucked this up by literally just being commitment phobic is hysterical. Right. He he has avoided commitment and exploited her for his own benefit to the extent for that nine years. Nine years. They've been together nine wow. years. Yeah. That he says that at one point. He's like, it's only been nine years. <laughs> uh. I think it's funny that she's seeing him for promiscuity, like it's an issue that needs to be solved and not just she's young and attractive and untethered and free to do what she wants. And he ends up getting himself an invite to her dinner that she's going to be having with Dracula that night because she, she tells him all about what happened. And she's like, literally, I've never had a more sexually fulfilling experience in my entire life. And he's Which like, Jeff gets upset at. He goes, oh, well, it must have been a fantasy. She goes, does this look like a fantasy? And she like tilts her head. And that's when he sees that she has a bite mark on her neck. And he's like, holy shit, you, that's Dracula. And she goes, how did you know his name? That's so weird. <laughs> I didn't even tell you. I didn't even tell you that. And he's like, no, no, he's a vampire. And she's like, oh, shut up, Jeff. She does not care. She's like, okay, whatever. We've all got things, I guess. And he tries to pull a book Nobody's out and read it perfect. to her. Whatever. He, she ends up getting, giving him an invite to the dinner that they're going to have. So when Dracula arrives at dinner in his one-horse carriage, which he rides to New York, <laughs> uh, Jeff Rosenberg is already there. And so is she. And so when he sits down, they have kind of this really funny exchange. And she's like, well... I hope you guys had a great day. I had a terrible day. I got run ragged by my photographer. He might be the best in town, but he's still a bitch. And Dr. Rosenberg says, now, now, we can't judge them for their lifestyle. And that's when she says, I know everybody loves differently. Oh, yes, this line. Yeah, by the 21st century, homosexuality will be the norm. Matt and I fucking lost it. I was like, what did this movie just say? What just came out of her mouth? It is the most like, what? 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 Because this is 1979. 21 years away from the year 2000. This is almost 50 years ago. This is 44 years ago, right? Yeah, 44 years ago. 46. No, 40. Pull up the calculator. Oh, no. 21 years to 2000, and it's the year 23. 21 yeah. plus 23 is 44. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah, this is 44 years ago. And they're like, I know everybody loves their own way. We just have to accept them how they are because, you know, eventually they're going to take over. It's, it's like when I was in elementary school and they were like, we have to learn Spanish because by the time you guys are old enough, Spanish will be like one of the, like might be the, like the most prominent language. Yeah. Do you remember that? And then the, after the second grade or third grade, they were like, yeah, fuck it. Nobody needs Spanish. I'm not going to teach that <laughs> shit anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I was just, we died. We died a little bit. And then they have this pissing contest where they're both trying to out-hypnotize each other. <laughs> <laughs> and the waiter walks over. And she, and she just she's leaves. She's like, you know what? You guys are boys will be boys. I'm going to fucking leave. And she just dips. She's like, I got better places to be. I got other stuff I could be doing. Y'all are just too and much right I now. I love it when female characters call out macho bullshit. Yeah, she's like, and she does over and over and over again. She's a phenomenal character. She gets one line that I was like, no, that's no, Cindy. And that's the one where she says, a woman's career is kind of like a man fooling around. You just do it until the right it's one kind comes along. Nice. It's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. It's kind of fun. Until the right person comes it's along. It's kind of fun until the right person comes along. She is making $1,000 a day. She says that at one point. $1,000 a day in 1979. And this is her. She's an extremely successful career woman. This is her fooling around career? <laughs> right. The fuck? Cindy, calm down. Just waiting for Mr. Right. I love her giant wigs. She's wearing a wig almost this entire movie because she's got short hair. Yeah. I don't know. This movie was wild. It was so wildly different, different from Dracula 1979. I can't even like I'm so excited to compare it to another comedy because we can't even they're not apples to apples like in the slightest. They have the exact same right, theme. We, we get some of the same tropes. We get the yeah. creatures of the night. We get I don't drink wine. Well, uh, the, you get the Dracula things you have to get. Right. Yeah. Right. But. It's completely different story. It's the same story, but one is framed comedically and right. then in the yeah, other it's a completely different telling of the same story right and yeah. after the whole pissing contest at dinner he tries to go see her because she's left she's at home painting her nails and he lands on the balcony and he knocks on the balcony door and he's like can i come in she's like no not if you're gonna be an asshole <laughs> and so he just opens the door and she's like you can't come in here i'm with somebody and he just telekinetically removes the blanket off the bed and there's nobody there and she's like that's cheating <laughs> and he's like look I'm sorry like I, I should have had my focus on you and I didn't she's like okay well we can give it another shot like I still like you let's try this again and he's getting ready to leave oh he she well she she says I asked you to leave nicely if you don't oh, I'm yeah, gonna call right. the cops yeah and that's when he once again so much throws a phone movie. yeah he throws the phone and then he's like, we could make out a little. And she's like, you got time for a quickie? And that's when he hears Renfield making a rooster sound. And he goes, no, for you, never a quickie. Only, Only a longie. longie. <laughs> <laughs> completely straight face as he backs that out the makes door. It. it makes it. Yeah. The fact that you completely believe that George Hamilton's Dracula believes every word coming out of his mouth. Like completely. We, I think it really helps when he's delivering all these puns. Yeah. That he plays it like uh, he's he's still learning like the modern English. Yeah. Like English is not his first language, but he's he's fluent. He's conversant yeah. in English, but he's fluent in English from like. 1900. Yeah. You know how many women had a nervous breakdown in the 1400s? <laughs> I come from a simpler I time. Come from a simpler time. Because she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what I want. Like, I don't know if I want my career. I don't know if I want to leave with you. I don't know if I want to try for something different. Like, I just can't make up my mind about what I want. And he's like, oh, you know, you're just born in the wrong time. I, I was born in a simpler time. Do you know how many women had a nervous breakdown in the 1400s? And she's like, no, how many? He goes, three. Three. <laughs> 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 oh, 
This movie was so funny. Because immediately after that, what we're seeing is really the love story between Cindy and Dracula growing very organically, very sweetly, very romantically. Right. Like, he knows that she's the kind of person that he will fall in love with. Yeah. But they st- he still has to get to know her. Right. And she has to get to know him. And so we get this kind of courtship yeah, it's really story sweet. arc between them Yeah, where they're both just kind of open to the idea of, oh, this person seems like someone I could get along with in the long term. Interrupted, of course, by... And they, they do... They do get along well. Yeah. Inter- interrupted, of course, by the slow spiral down of Dr. Jeff Rosencrantz Van Helsing. <laughs> Rose- because- Rosenberg. Rosenberg, sorry. But yeah, Rosencrantz is from, <laughs> from Shakespeare. <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. But um, he's becoming uh, unhinged because it turns out he's a Van Helsing and he feels like he owes it to his grandfather to destroy Dracula. Um, <laughs> He keeps... I'm a doctor. He tries lighting uh, Dracula. First, he tries uh, scaring him away with a Star of David, which is actually a reference to a previous movie called um, Fearless Vampire Killers. Why did that name just leave my mind? I can picture the cover. It's Fearless Vampire Slayers or Fearless Vampire Killers. Anyway, the guy pulls out a cross and the 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 vampire goes, but I'm Jewish. So it's an inverse joke. Yeah. And then he also lights his co- his coffin on fire and gets arrested because he, but he and goes, every time I know what he I'm gets doing. dragged I'm off. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm a doctor. And then she goes to see him in the ward. And of course, she brings Kentucky Fried Chicken because this thing is rife with product placements. Coca-Cola, Tab, Kentucky Fried Chicken, at least that many. And then he's drawing a picture uh, of prescription painkillers. <laughs> yeah, a perk chaser. She says that at one point. She's like, "What you need is a perk chaser, like a perk set." Oh my god! And anyway, he's drawing a picture, and he's like, "No, I don't want to show it to you till it's done." And he picks it up, and it's a picture of Dracula, and he writes, "Dracula sucks" across the top of it. <laughs> I guess this was technically an independent film, and while it was in development, the title for it was "Dracula Sucks." Which I'm glad it was love at first sight. Yes, that's a, yeah. that's a better title. Yeah, because Dracula Sucks is one of those ones. I think 15 movies would probably pop up. Yeah. And what else does he do? He shoots him with silver bullets, which he shoots him three times in the heart with silver bullets. And he's like, ha ha, that's for werewolves. And he's like, oh, werewolves. Right. Okay, I'll get you next time. And then he tries just literally pretty much everything but sunlight. He tries because at the very end, he goes after him with a stake. But through but this whole, it really the only thing that's driving the doctor is the fact that um, at one point he says it. He Jealousy. Goes, he goes, yeah, he's better in bed with my girlfriend than I am. Yes, that's a recurring theme. That's a recurring theme. Also, when they get stuck on the elevator, almost everybody in there Anytime. is a cameo. Oh, oh, they are? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I appreciate that every time he's getting like out of control like he's getting manic like trying to get her away from dracula all the bystanders all cooperate to defend her yeah and it's set in new york which new york at the time had quite the reputation for not being a safe city which is why when there's a brownout all of a sudden all the background characters are looting everything somebody <laughs> walks the power by the just toilet. starts flickering and <laughs> the, the detective's on the phone on the payphone yeah and somebody walks up and rips the payphone out of the wall yeah, and walks off with it and somebody has the back of a toilet somebody has a plotted plant somebody walks by with a bed with the people still sleeping in it like they broke it and stole the bed while somebody was actually in it and the guy selling flashlights is also a cameo. This whole section is pretty much cameos. Then there's a lady walking around looking for her cat calling Morris. She's going, Morris, looking for her cat. Well, Morris is the the cat on the Nine Lives brand for cat food. So this is another so reference. Commercial. Yeah. I have a feeling if you knew what was going on in 1979 and you knew all of these actors, 
like you'd you watch TV every night. You went to the theater once a month. Yeah, this there's a lot going on here that we didn't get, and it's fine. It's still funny. I right. think yeah. so. Despite yeah. us not getting the bulk of the references, yeah. it was still a very entertaining movie. It would be fun to watch it, and it'd be funny, and then go back and be like, okay, is that a reference to something? What has that guy been in? In is he a cameo? Has you know? Because a lot of them. They're cameos because they play with some of the actors in other things. It's not unlike Forever Night, where so many of those actors, like Tracy, the the actress who plays Tracy, goes on to be in um, Andromeda, which has Kevin Sorbo in it, and like all of these other just who's who of actors of the 90s that just were like a rotating wheel of TV actors. Right, or there's so many like guest actors on Forever Night that yeah. are Garrett's buddies from Stratford. Yeah, exactly. You just get them. Yeah. You get them in. Um, the the one guy does get called a fruitcake. The guy on the on the on the elevator elevator who has a dog, and he's like, "Can someone get my lighter? Oh, out yeah, of my I, front I have a lighter in my pocket. My bick. Yeah, <laughs> can somebody get it out and flick my bick? <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> well, that's another. That was the big slogan for a long time. Oh, it was. Yeah. I'm 80% sure about that, but that's might as well be 100, so I'm just going to leave it in. Because dad used to say flick my bick every time he pulled a lighter out. He'd be like, could somebody flick my bick? There's a lady naked painted gold. There's a lit. There's some 70s nudity just in there. Just in there. Like, this is PG 13. Otherwise, it's got a little bit of cussing. There's no graphic sex. He's not even shirtless when we know they're supposed to have just had sex. And yet... There's one, like, five-second clip at the club, at the disco... Yeah. ...where there's two, like, almost completely naked people that are all painted up with glitter and everything dancing. Yeah. And that's, that's, like, the only... Nudity and, in the movie. And the lady in the white shirt, which I'm going to count as nudity. Uh, I don't know if that I don't counts. know. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what her nipples look like. Well, I'm not going to argue that, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, compare and contrast. Which movie did you like better? Drac- which one would you find more rewatchable? Dracula 1979 oh, or Dracula. Love at First Bite? Dracula. Why? Can you qualify why it's more rewatchable? Uh, the characters are deeper. Yeah. Here there's like one deep character. Maybe one and a half. I Is he know. deep? Two and a half. I fell asleep during that. <laughs> <laughs> That's another line. <laughs> Whereas Dracula, there's multiple characters that are like actually characters. It's mentally engaging in a... I want to know more about these characters and I want to see where this is going and I'm invested in what happens to these characters. I can't say that at any point I'm overly invested in what happens to the characters in this movie because I know they're going to get together. The taxi chase scene is adorable. Right, it's a romantic comedy. Yeah, the taxi chase scene is adorable. The The bad guys are chasing them. They're trying to get to the airport on time and she's like, oh, look, they're following us. That's so cute. And she falls asleep on his shoulder and the taxi guy puts on romantic music. And meanwhile, they're chasing them on a chasing them on a motorcycle while Dracula drives the car through the woods to try to get away from them. And I love the taxi guy's line. He's like, I've driven people to the airport for 32 years, but this is the first time I've gone on a flight. So thank you so much. Because at first he's antagonistic towards Dracula. And right. by the end of it, the, he's like, oh, you just have a he's really totally good... on board. It reminded me of Harvey. Remember the guy, Harvey, mm. the one taxi driver that drives yep. him all over the place. Yeah. Just taxi drivers in general. Taxi drivers are like a trope that doesn't show up anymore. Although he does take an Uber at the very beginning of the movie, like 1979 Uber. Yes. Because Renfield's carrying his luggage out and this guy walks up and he's like i got a limousine i'll drive you into the city 25 dollars," which was uber luxury and then uber economy shows up and the guy's like i got a car it's air conditioned i'll take <laughs> private you. car private $10. car ten dollars and he 
he leans over to talk to the box, which of course contains just a dead guy. And the guy's like, oh, okay, fine, seven fifty. And it turns out it's just a Volkswagen Beetle. And they have to like strap everything into the Volkswagen Beetle, which feels very Uber economy. <laughs> yeah. Except it would be a Prius. Like <laughs> And it it's reminiscent of the carriage leaving the castle. Yeah, where they with strapped the, it in the, the back. casket sticking up. I just thought it was funny. It was like early. Was this what happened? Early Uber? You just showed up with your car and you just walked in. You were like, anybody want to ride somewhere? I'll take you there. It was the 70s. It's fine. It's not like people got murdered literally all the fucking time in the 70s or anything. Every single major serial killer is, uh, it's not in the 70s. Oh, wait. Yeah, they are. They all are. Maybe it's because people were just lying about waiting to be kidnapped. People were like standing on the side of the road asking you to, to put them in your car. Right, you just had to be like, ah, I need to pick somebody up to kill him. Yeah, I think I would. I'll go by the airport. <laughs> There's always people looking for a ride at the airport. And they're probably here from out of town, so. By themselves. By themselves. There's no cell phones, so nobody's looking in on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, that took a dark turn. I would definitely watch Dracula 1979 again. I would sit down and watch this with a friend. I think love at first bite yes, is like a... that would be more palatable to watch with. Yeah, I think if I was just like, else. oh, I really just want to sit and watch a good movie, I'd put Dracula on. Something and that you only need to pay attention in like 90 second segments yeah. to get the joke at that moment. Yeah. And otherwise you can just sit and chat. Yeah, check out this shit. That would be love at first bite. Like this is, I know it's a 70s movie, but you're going to be surprised. It's really, really funny. I think that's how I would probably pitch it. Yeah. And I love that it was an independent film, which totally fits our current, like, we're trying hey. to do more independent themes. Apparently, it was one of the highest grossing independent movies for a really long time. Of course, George Hamilton's in it, so. Yeah. I mean, and he goes on to there's be. There's so many people, so many, like, famous actors in this movie. He goes on to be in another parody after this, and it's like Zorro the Gay Blade or something like that. It's from 1981. <laughs> I don't know if we'd even be able to find that movie. <laughs> Matt's just rubbing his eyes like, oh, Lord, please don't let her be able to find that movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do another genre from 1981, are we? <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you know what podcast you signed up for? Did you know what no, woman you married? No, I didn't. <laughs> yes, you did. I didn't did. know what podcast I signed up for. <laughs> You helped me create it. You're the co-host. You have veto powers. I, you I, just never I'm exercise here them. For conversation, I'm here for the content. I'm just I, here for the. I content. consume the content. I regurgitate the content, <laughs> and you handle the rest. This is the most accurate description of how you're rolling this. I could possibly think of. You're like, I don't know. I watch the movie. I show up. What more do you want from me? You know this and whole, I do tech support. You know, this whole podcast thing for me is really just like a man fooling around. <laughs> it's, fun, <laughs> it's fun for right now. Until the right person Until shows up. Until the right person shows up. Yep, yeah, as I'm, soon as we get an actual, like, once we're Wondery. <laughs> I, I'm just keeping you preoccupied for now. <laughs> Can you imagine if we were like a Wondery podcast and they had, s- <laughs> listen, they probably have standards. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> We'd have a producer assigned to us. No. I know. There's a podcast that I listen to, and I've been listening to them for a long time. And they used to be independent. And then they got sponsorship. And now they're like a full-on Wondery Presents. We've signed on with a network. They have multiple series going on. They have a guy who sits in the room with them. Because every once in a while, they'll like back and forth with him. And he like fact-checks them. And listens to the recording in real time, probably to mark it so he knows where to go in and edit it. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I don't think I could do I don't think I could have a complete stranger in the room and just sit here and shoot the shit about weird ass 1979 <laughs> tits. I don't think I could do it. Okay. I'd just be like, I'm sorry, am I bothering you? Is this bothering you? I don't think I don't think I could shut off the like, I can't be that person around somebody else. I mean, we are in a box that we built. <laughs> Where we just sit and record. It's not an actual box. It's the pod lab. But I don't have to worry about it. I can 
talk about weird 1979 nudity and it feels completely normal and acceptable. And then I put it out into the world and other people listen to it. But it's okay. It's pre-recorded, so it's perfectly fine. I don't know where I was going with that. I just I just think the idea of going corporate terrifies me. And I just wanted to unpack that for a second. Which is fine. Of course, we just say no. If and if, yeah, like that's going to when that pops up. Okay. Like, I think we just agree right now. Okay. Listen, this has been a really fun year with you. Ditto. I'm having a good time. Quite like the other 18 we've been together, but now people also get to hear us talk about this shit. <laughs> We spend so much more time together now. We do, which was part of the whole point. So, you know, if you find like you're not spending enough time with your spouse, start a podcast. I'm sure it's going to work out for absolutely everybody. Um, Dracula gets the girl in the end. They're running down the cause, they're running down the runway because they're trying to get away from Van Helsing and now a cop. And he ends up giving her the third bite. And so when. Van Helsing tries to stake him with the stake. He ends up just staking his empty it's too cape. Too late. He, but yeah. Jeff gets the cape. I know. Jeff is like, what do you think it was? Like, what did he have over her that I didn't have? And the cop's like, the cape, man. And he's like, you think it's the cape? And he puts it on and he like holds his arm above his face, just like Dracula does. And he, the, the detective's like, listen, it's my wife and I's 10 year anniversary coming up. I'm going to show up with some wine and some roses. Think I can borrow the cape? And he's like, <laughs> if I showed up with wine and like chocolate and that cape, it would drive my wife up the wall. Like, <laughs> yeah. wink, 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 nudge, nudge. And he's like, do you think I could borrow the cape for the for that? And the guy's like, yeah. Jeff says, yeah, you can, but I need it back for the weekend. Okay. He's like, I'll even get it cleaned for you. <laughs> and then they just walk off because, of course, Jeff didn't love her. It wasn't about love. Right. It was about possession. And now that she's gone, and she paid him, because she hadn't paid him in a year, and she was like, I'll write a check. Okay, I'm good for it. I mean, it's one month of work. Didn't he owe her, like, didn't she owe him, like, $34,000 or something? $7,200. That was it? Yeah, it was $7,820, I think is what he says. That's like a week. Of course she was going to pay him. She makes $1,000 a day. Yeah. She just always forgets her checkbook. I thought it was fascinating. This woman is supposed to be a beautiful, youthful model, like sponsorship model, who gets $1,000 a day worth of work. She doesn't read that way now. No. I don't know how old she actually is in this, but she has the smoker's lines around her nose, like down around mm -hmm. the side. And I wonder if 1979, they were just like, that's fine. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of it wasn't I'm, visible in the like print copies. Yeah, I'm not saying she's not pretty at all. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just really interesting to see what in 1979 was supposed to read as stunning. Stunningly beautiful model pretty. I make so much money. I am in such high demand. She is very pretty. She is absolutely very pretty. She's not what you would cast as a model today. And I think that's really interesting. Also, George Hamilton is supposed to be George Hamilton, like the most handsome man in the world. Right. And he's not bad. Of course, he's in stupid Dracula makeup. He's in stupid Dracula makeup, and he's he's getting older by the time he's in this. But a lot of men just look more attractive when they get older. Uh, yes. It could just be the makeup. I, I, uh, I know. I definitely do. <laughs> My mom thinks you do. <laughs> She's like, you know, Matt just, he just keeps getting more handsome. I'm like, can we not talk about this? Please. Just please. Save me, God. Save me. Um, I know when he's shirtless, I appreciated what he was working with because he's quite trim. I do enjoy a trim fellow and he's quite trim. Because there's that part where he's just wearing the tank top. Yep. I don't know. I feel like this is divulged into something weird. So we should probably just leave it here and not record this late at night again. No, never. Because it's just so much fun. It's part of our... <sighs> I just love cutting out your yawns. It's one of my most favorite parts of recording. 
if it's Side not yawning, timing. it's burping. So we'll just, you know what? I, I'll take one over the other. I don't know which one that is, but today it's yawning. All in all, I think this was a bit of fluffy fun. I don't think it was overly problematic if you don't think too deeply about it and you just remember it's a 70s movie. Right. It was all intended to be humorous. It was all intended to be humorous. Like we always say, if they were intending it to be harmful, I hate it. If they had, they, if they just, it was of its time, then it's of its time. Uh, I'm sure there's wonderful things that we think are wonderful right now that in 20 years are going to be like, holy God, you guys thought that was okay. Like, yeah, we didn't mean anything by it. So, and now that we know better, we don't do it anymore. And that's the whole point. Uh, and you just can't get bogged down in it in things that were intended to be humorous, which no longer read as humorous. Like yeah. the, it doesn't mean I'm going to laugh when somebody calls uh, someone who is obviously homosexual a fruitcake. That one I didn't think was funny, but the homosexuals will be the normal, will be norms, will be the normal, the norms. In the 21st century. In the 21st century. Hysterical. Love it. Yep. They're not horrifically wrong because we are in a period of like, hey, we all get to be who we want to be, which I fully support. And I'm glad we got to come to this in my lifetime. And I hope we get to keep it. So remember... Sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful, too. So be who you are and love what you love. Until next time, friends. Bye. Bye.